Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. I'm coming to you from our facility here in Weatherford, Oklahoma on a beautiful morning. Today what I'm going to talk about is I just got done with the A-Bar Ranch Futurity last week where I showed a couple horses for a customer and, and longtime family friend, Gene and Janelle Harris. Gene has uh, two geldings here that really nice geldings one of them i'd rode quite a little bit more than the other one i just rode for a couple months and so i'd had them in training getting ready for this maturity and this was a little bit out of my wheelhouse as far as the events it consisted of four events cutting and then when you cut the last cow you cut you push it into another arena a big arena and i mean they're not like holstein calves i mean they were like 900 pound black angus heifers and you went into that other arena and then you roped them and stopped them which doesn't sound like a big deal but i tell you what took a pretty pretty good horse to lock on and stay with those heifers and you know that's a pretty good tug when you go to the horn in a big arena like that and we were rolling along pretty good so that was a fun event then there was the cow horse class where you boxed a cow. Well, first you did your reining pattern, then you boxed a cow, then you went down the fence, turned the cow at least once on the fence, both directions, and then roped it and stopped it. And on the, in that class, it was a little easier in the roping because by the time you boxed that cow uh, at the end of the arena and then took it down the fence, you know, you'd kind of taken the air out of that cow a little bit. So the roping was a lot easier in, in the cow horse. Then they had a neat, really neat ranch trail class. Had several elements to it. Loped both directions, spun both directions, crossed some logs at a walk, crossed logs at a trot, crossed the creek bed a couple times, drug a log, loaded your horse in a trailer. It was just you know, one event, but there were several elements. And then they basically had a halter confirmation class, which of course that was easy. You just stand there and hold your horse and they judge it, you know, so that, that was easy, but it was, uh, I tell you what, it was a wonderful event and it really, really taught me something. And that is, you know, to be even more diverse with my horses and do more with them because just like Gene and I talked about with these horses, Gene said, we'll either win something or they'll be better for it. And, and that was the case. So the overall, after all the events, a real good horseman, Jeff Heaton from Alva, Oklahoma, or over by Northwest Alva, Oklahoma, he won it. And Russell Powell from over in Northeastern Oklahoma won second. And those guys had both won that event before, and they were definitely prepared. You know, they'd been working on those horses, you know, a year or better, which uh, showed 
I mean, they, and they under they knew the events, you know, they, they had been there before and that was a, that was definitely an advantage, but those guys were definitely prepared, did a great job. Very, very, very good horsemen, very good horsemen, which was, which was uh, really fun to meet them and got to know them a little bit and got to spend some time with them. And, you know, and, and if nothing else, the event itself made it to where I got to meet some really really neat people our horses i won third on one horse and fourth on the other horse overall and we placed in several events won a couple of the events but in the overall i I placed on each horse differently in different events and so in the overall anyway i ended up third and fourth the horse i won third on i thought i could have i thought i could have won second on I thought he was good enough to probably win second. I had one little hiccup in the ranch trail class. That horse is real feely. And it was pretty, pretty smart the way they did this. In the in the ranch trail class, they had a pretty heavy log, like a I'm gonna say that post was, you know, like a ten or twelve inch post, and maybe it wasn't quite that big. Ten inch maybe. And it was, you know, eight or ten foot, so it's pretty heavy. Well, when they had you drag the log, they had you drag it counterclockwise going in a circle so that log, that rope's dragging across your horse's hip pretty good. Well, the horse I call Reno, and he's the horse that's real showy and really, really athletic. He didn't like that rope. Um, That pole kind of bounced because you're going across the pasture with it. And that rope kind of hit him on the butt and he kind of grabbed his butt and I had to kind of set him in the ground. And I think that right there, it definitely was a deduction and should have been, but I think that probably, I don't know for sure. Cause I didn't see how the scoring was or anything, but you know, I thought we had a chance to win second Jeff Heaton and his horse, they were flawless through the whole, through the whole event did a great job. Really, really nice guy, heck of a horseman. Um, definitely deserved it. So anyway, and, and, and you know, the Abar Ranch, the Armitage family, just a class act, put, up, put on just an awesome event. Um, their hospitality was off the charts and very, very fun event. And, and, you know, getting back to talking about everything you do, you learn. And even for me, you know, I've been at this a long time, but you know, what the progression I had in those horses over that two month period leading up to this, this competition, I couldn't have been more happy with, with how they progressed and how they improved. But here again, and I always talk about this, any improvement that we're going to get in our horses starts with us and so because i was a little bit out of my comfort zone you know and i i told one of my customers i had to listen to my own preaching and and get comfortable with being uncomfortable but but since i was getting out of my comfort zone and out of my niche i went and got some help you know with a cow horse trainer uh, a young trainer that i say young he's 30 Jess Morgan, who used to work for me and rides, strictly rides cow horses now. And, you know, I went and worked on some things that I don't work on every day 
because they're pretty advanced maneuvers. And when you're riding greener horses, they're not ready for those maneuvers. You know, your fundamentals aren't strong enough or solid enough for to be doing advanced maneuvers. So the improvement and the progression in these horses, I mean, 100% came from my improvement and my progression. You know, it was just a good reminder to me that, you know, I talk about it all the time at my clinics, but also it was just a good reminder to me to always continue to apply that philosophy to myself. And it, and it made it, I tell you what it did it, you know, sometimes in this business, just like in any job, it can get to be a job. You know, it's just like, you know, it can get to be a grind and every once in a while you need something to happen or, or you need to have something different to focus on. And, and it, I tell you what, it just was kind of like a breath of fresh air for me because as I worked on my flying lead changes more, as I worked on going down the fence, as I worked on my reining pattern. I mean, it was, it was exciting for me because, you know, I saw a lot of improvement in a short amount of time in myself. And because of that, I saw it in my horses. It was, it was just a really, really good opportunity for me to grow myself. So, you know, anytime, you know, you get the opportunity to do something that's out of your comfort zone with your horse and you have some time to prepare for it. And I would, I would encourage you pick something once a year to do on your horse. If you're a barrel racer, you know, go to, go to a team sorting or go do a, you know, a trail class or, you know, anything like that. Work your barrel horse on the poles and go to the play day and enter the poles on your horse. You know, do something different to freshen it up for you and your horse. Because just like in this situation, it it was fun for me because every day I was working on a different event. I mean, it was basically five events, but just like within the cow horse, within the cow horse event, you had the raining pattern, you had the boxing, you had the going down the fence and then you had the roping. Well, it was kind of four events within one event, you know, and, and just like the cut and capture, cut three cows and then you roped one. Well, that's kind of, that, that's two events within one event. And, and of course the trail class had, oh shoot, probably, they probably had nine or 10 different elements they judged in that one class. I tell you what it did, it it made it challenging for me. It made it uh, fun. The pressure of having a deadline was good for me because I wanted to be ready. I've got an obligation when I take on a commitment like that to get my horses showed. And, you know, and I had an obligation to my customer to give them an opportunity to get their horses showed and have the opportunity to win something, you know, and, and we got that done. I mean, I couldn't have been more happy with where we ended up. 
now, like I said, I, th I think I could have maybe one second if, uh, if I'd have been, cause the, the little hiccup I had, that was, that was strictly my fault because what I could have done, I could have had that log on a longer rope so that the angle wasn't so, the angle wasn't as steep and that rope may not have come across his hip like that and boogered him a little bit, but you know, live and learn. I mean, up until then, I thought I, I thought I had that class one, you know, I, I think I could have even on the horse we call Reno, I think I probably could have won second if I'd have done my job a little bit better. Like I said, Jeff Heaton, who won it, I mean, he was flawless through the whole event, did a great job, had his horse prepared. He was prepared. You could tell he'd done it before. He's won that, won that event a couple times. I mean, he knows, he, he knew how to, he knew what to be ready for. And, and it definitely showed. And then there was a bunch of other guys in there too, that were very talented horsemen. Um, nice set of horses. The one thing that I did notice as I watched it and I watched most every horse go really and truly anytime somebody had had a little bobble or had a hiccup it went back to to fundamentals when you get into a really diverse event like that where you have multiple tasks you have to complete your horse fundamentally has got to be really really solid i mean they got to be rock solid i know i beat that drum pretty hard and I talk about it a lot, but here's the thing. It, it needs to be talked about a lot. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you're a basketball player, a roper, horse trainer, you've got to have great fundamentals. You know, always be improving your fundamentals, but here's what happens. We start taking our fundamentals for granted. I've got a customer coming from New Mexico tomorrow to pick up a couple horses and the horses, when I send them home, they're never where I want them to be. There's, there's always more room for improvement. They can always be better, but just like these horses, they've got great fundamentals. And as these horses get older, get more experience there there's a two-year-old and a three-year-old and they put more speed with it and they they put more pressure on them those horses can always go back to those fundamentals they'll always have that bat to fall back on and just like showing at that futurity you know you could tell the horses with great fundamentals you could tell the horses that had great collection you know, we had our monthly Zoom meeting last night and, and we talked a lot about collection because one of the questions was, my horse understands, you know, lateral flexion and collection, but then when I start going faster, they start rooting on my hands and, well, that's not great collection. Anytime you change speed, you shouldn't lose your collection. You know, I don't care. If you have a horse that has great collection, I don't care if you're going two miles an hour or 32 miles an hour, when you pick up on the bridle reins, 
they should recognize it and there should be the same response now are they gonna are they gonna immediately be able to stop on a dime right there you know probably not but but are they going to start getting ready to stop or turn or change speed or directions yes they will and that's something we talked about last night too with with our zoom group was lead changes flying lead changes because just like for this futurity i worked on flying lead changes in the last two months more than i've worked on them in the last decade well that's probably an exaggeration not decade but probably in the last two months more than i have in the last two years well you know just like flying lead changes flying lead changes are easy if you've got great collection because if you can get your horse collected and you've got you've got great fundamentals and you've got that softness and you've got that horse responding to your leg flying lead changes are easy if you don't they're not they're difficult they're difficult if you pick up on that inside rein and you change your leg position and your horse roots into your bridle i promise you you're not changing leads you're not going to pick up a clean lead change because when that horse roots immediately they're front end loaded well anytime a horse is front end loaded their back hollows out their hind quarters not underneath them you're not getting a smooth lead change you know horses that are great lead changers have great collection it's interesting to me and you know we talk about it all the time you know uh, when we talk about fundamentals how important fundamentals are but it's not cliche and it's not beating that drum too much when you talk about fundamentals because fundamentals do not take them for granted you know just because you have them today doesn't mean you don't ever have to work on them again the way we're wired is we're all about you know we got our eye on the prize but at the same time you know the prize is the goal but at the same time we've talked about your system what you're going to implement daily to get there you know understand that all those fundamentals are part of that system that collection is part of that system i can't stress that enough and if i would see more progression in it the places i go i would probably get to where i didn't talk about it as much but to this day everywhere i go that's the biggest weakness is is collection is your horse not understanding that signal when you start to take that slack out of the bridle reins and the reason the reason collection is so important is that with it you help your horse get their body in a position that the task that you're going to ask of them is so much easier well if the task that you're going to ask of your horse is easier for them do you think they're going to enjoy it more yeah they're going to enjoy it more no doubt about it you know last night stacy my marketing and event director who's awesome she had a question on a mare that that she's working on about getting that horse's lead changed after the first barrel and the importance of it and and, and stacy understands fundamentals she understands my program 
Um, she's been around it a lot. And just like we talked about last night, if you ignore that lead change, if you ignore um, helping your horse understand that when you come off that first turn, there's got to be a lead change in there. If you ignore that and, and they don't change until right before the barrel or or they just change in the front end and not in the back end, then you go into that turn with that horse, what I call cross-firing or forging, extremely uncomfortable for that horse. You know how it feels like when, when your horse is in the left lead in the front and right lead in the back? It's like you're riding in a square-wheeled wagon, you know, and, and your team of horses is trotting. You're about to get thrown out of the wagon. Well, if it's uncomfortable for you, I promise you it's uncomfortable for that horse too. So if I was a horse and I was, that was happening to me and I was going into that turn like that, pretty soon I'd hate the turn. Pretty soon I'd start to anticipate the discomfort and I'd hate it. And if the, you start to anticipate that as being unpleasant, you're not going to stay soft and supple. You're going to get stiff. Think about that in whatever you're doing with your horse, always think about what can I do to make this easy for my horse? Because it was so apparent as I watched that futurity of the different tasks and for certain horses, how easy they were and for certain horses, how much more difficult they were. And it all went back to fundamentals. It all went back to basics, having having great foundation fundamentals, you know, and you just can't, you just can't take those for granted. You can't, you know, don't overlook the importance of the continuous reinforcement of great fundamentals. And, and I tell you what, one thing that I think we all should do is get the word good out of our vocabulary and replace it with great. Because sometimes when you're striving to be great at something, you end up really good at it. But if you're just striving to be good, I think you just sometimes you just end up at pretty good. And like we've talked about before, pretty good's not good enough anymore. I mean, if, you know, pretty good's good enough if, if you're okay with that, well, most of the people I deal with aren't okay with it. They want to, they want to be better. That's why we're working at it. You know, that's why they either are enrolled in our online course or coming to a clinic. I've got two clinics coming up in Laramie, one in Laramie, Wyoming, and one in Kansas city, Missouri. And it used to be that the clinics in the fall, the numbers would always be lighter than my spring clinics. Well, both those clinics are full and closed. We're not taking any more. You know, we, we max out our clinics at 15. I just, 15 is a real manageable number for me. And I just, I don't ever want to sacrifice the quality of the experience at my events. It limits, you know, it limits it financially as to what revenue it can generate. But I just, you know, I, I just, for me personally, and, and everybody's different, some people are, they're, they're comfortable with larger numbers and, and they do a great job at it with larger numbers. Myself, I've, 
that's just my comfort zone right there is at 15. So we max our numbers at that. But, you know, for these fall clinics, for them to both be full is, is to me, kind of amazing, you know, because they're late October clinics. We're going into the fall and a lot of events are starting to slow down in different areas. And, uh, and I think they had snow in Wyoming this last week. And I know actually Julie Mankin, who's coming to the Laramie Clinic, I think they were shipping cattle and she said they had four foot drifts of snow, which looked not awesome. <laughs> I'm hoping the sun comes out and that goes away before I get up there. Anyway, you know, just some things that uh, I wanted to touch on today and that I think are just really good reminders for us to to always be striving to get better and and don't be afraid to get out of your wheelhouse, get out of your comfort zone and go do, go do an event or go work on something with your horse that you normally don't work on. And you'll see the change in your horse as you see the change in yourself. And, and that's, it's a neat deal. It makes it, makes it a lot of fun. So anyway, that's what I wanted to cover today. I hope you have an awesome week of training. Um, we thank all our listeners. Our, our listeners are, have been growing, and we sure appreciate you. I appreciate the feedback from the podcast. We always enjoy hearing from you. So till next time, um, God bless each and every one of you. Have a great week of training. Have a safe week of training. God bless. And as always, today and every day, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.